Greetings and welcome to the Men of Sorrows Finding Joy podcast. My name is William Lloyd and I am the host of the podcast. Men of Sorrows is geared towards helping men, encouraging men, and supporting men in their grief and mourning. Men of Sorrows Finding Joy is exactly what it says. This concept came about in my life. I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, I'm a school teacher by by trade. I've been a public school teacher for over 30 years. Um, but I've also been associate pastor and pastor and teaching elder with Alpha Ministries based here in Okeechobee, Florida. And I had a pastoral role and I worked with people. I officiated funerals. I sat with families. I've sat with uh, brothers and sisters on their deathbed. I counseled and walked through families and their grief and loss and taught something called the eternal view of suffering in our curriculum that you will see later on in the podcast. So I did all these things for about 20 years. On May 9th, 2019, my son, Corporal Liam John Lloyd of the United States Marine Corps, he took his life. He decided to end his life. Um, when this happened, I wanted to call every person that I walked through and encouraged during their time of loss and apologize to them. Because I really had no idea how they felt. I knew that they were suffering. I knew that we are to mourn with hope. And I knew all the answers. But when this happened, my, my, my whole world was turned upside down. Words cannot describe the pain. Um, I didn't want to live. I didn't want to die. I wanted to jump in the grave with my son. And as the podcast unfolds, you'll find out more about me, my family, my life, Liam's story, and Liam's natural, um, his, his birth father's story, which is a beautiful story. I adopted Liam when he was an infant. But when he died, and we will talk about suicide and how that complicates your grief, but... Everything that I ever believed was 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 really challenged, taken to task, and really shaken. And there were two things that happened during this period of time that shocked me and created anxiety. The thought of heaven and an afterlife and a God who was in control seemed so distant, so foggy, and so unrealistic to me. This life was all that I knew and all that I know, this life, this physical life here on earth. And Liam was never coming back. He was never, ever, I was never going to see him again. And that broke my heart. Until this point, anger was usually always my first reaction. 
<laughs> it was my go-to emotion and stress and fear. But I had anxiety for the first time in my life. And I couldn't imagine living like this ever again. And as the podcast unfolds, I'm going to share with you how I went from total despair, agony, to now having more joy than I've ever had in my life. It's hard to explain because I have this joy mixed with this deep eternal sadness. So what I want to talk about today is a little bit about my journey and also just offer encouragement. The format for the podcast will be every other week I am going to interview guests, men who have been through grief and mourning and what helped them, what worked for them. We will have other guests on the podcast. And every other week in between that, it'll be a shorter, brief meditation, either on a scripture or something from one of the books that I read during my grief journey. And we will talk about suicide. We will talk about grief. We will talk about mourning. We will talk about parent loss, losing a child. And all the different types of complications that go with that grief. My goal being that I really want to encourage men to do the work of grief and mourning. One of the things that I noticed, I went to two different support groups. One was a suicide support group for suicide of anybody you knew. Spouse, child, um parent. And then I also went to a support group for parents who lose children because they say that parents who lose children, it's a grief all in its own category. We are not going to compare grief because as Richard Kessler says in his book, I mean David Kessler, excuse me, as David Kessler says in his book, Finding Meaning, he says, whose grief is the worst? Your grief is the worst. Yours is. So we're going to encourage men because, as I said, one of the things that I saw in those groups is that it was mostly women, although some men did attend. And one of the reports of the women who were there alone, especially if they lost a child, was my husband's angry and he keeps busy. And I knew exactly why. I knew why the, the anger, the anger feels better. Being angry feels so much better than the raw, splitting at the seams, raw, wide open grief that you feel. The loss, the, the, that raw agony and pain that you feel. The anger feels better. Because I remember... One day I was driving to work. It was soon after Liam died and anger rose up in, within me against a lot of people in my immediate circle. And I started cussing out everything that moved and it gave me a little bit of relief from the pain. But I cried out to God, do not let me get stuck here. 
so what I noticed is that in these groups, the men were somewhat absent. So Men of Sorrows Finding Joy is committed to helping men, supporting men in their grief journey, in the journey and the work. It's work. Grief and mourning is hard work. God is faithful. He will bring us through it. What I wanted to talk a little bit about today's podcast is 1 Thessalonians 4.13, where Paul says, We do not want you to be ignorant about those who have died or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, there's a lot of a lot of theological debate about what this is exactly referring to. But I just want to pick out three things. Number one, Paul says that he wants us to mourn. He doesn't tell us don't mourn. I've been in the presence of folks who have said, oh, it's selfish for us to feel sorry or to want the loved one to be back here because, you know, they're in paradise, they're in heaven, they're free of pain, etc. That's That just complicates things. Because, as I said before, this life is all we know. This life is all we know. So... That person's never coming back. We're never going to see them again. And it's not natural. It's not natural to us, death. It's the final result of the curse of sin and death in the world. Death is the, the, the end result. So Paul says to mourn with hope. He doesn't say don't mourn. He says, I don't want you to grieve or mourn without hope. So, number one, we are to grieve and we are to mourn. This is necessary. Think of Jesus when he raised Lazarus. He came. Jesus was calm as a cucumber. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. When the first sister came out, she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, and Jesus answered her and gave her the truth. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me. But when Mary came out, she wept and cried. And Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus wailed. So knowing that he was going to raise Lazarus in a few seconds and they were all going to see him and be okay, why did Jesus cry? I really believe he cried and wept because he saw the pain of grief 
he saw the pain of the results of sin and death, the curse of death on the earth. And he realized that all those he loves go through this, this pain, this grief, this sorrow. And he wept and he cried and he grieved with those who grieved and he mourned with those who mourn. So we are to mourn. And we are not to complicate our mourning by saying that we shouldn't feel this way. And then he goes on to say that the Lord is going to bring with him those who, who have fallen asleep, the euphemism for death. So the Lord is going to bring with him those who have died. Now I look at this two ways. A lot of people look at this as, this is the second coming of the Lord. This is either the rapture or something like that. I don't want to get into all that. What I want to focus on is that Jesus is going to be with our loved ones and he's bringing them with him. So the way I see that right now, when it's my time to pass on, when I die, when I die physically, I am going to be in the presence of Jesus and he's bringing in this case, Liam, my son, with him. So whenever I get really down, I tell myself, wait a minute, Bill. You are going to see Liam again. And I picture myself running up to him and grabbing him and saying, Liam, it's really you. It's really you. And, and Jesus is standing right there smiling from ear to ear because this is his joy of breaking the curse and giving us eternal life and bringing us into his presence so and and listen my dad passed away almost two years after Liam and I have to tell you for my dad he was ready to go he wanted to go home he fought congestive heart failure for a bunch of years and he just knew and he was ready to go but the Lord is going to bring your loved one with him, wherever it is. And whether it's you go, the Lord's going to be. And the third thing he tells us in this verse is that we're to encourage one another with these words. So I want to encourage you that, yes, you will see your loved one again. So we're to mourn with hope. And there's a beautiful scripture in, in Romans that talks about hope that we will visit another time. But hope is what enables us to go on. Now this hope did not kick in for me. And when it did, it was even tricky. Because the hope is that you're going to see them again and part of that is that you expect them maybe to walk through the door one day or any minute. <laughs> and that's just not the way it is. Okay. It's what I call now a long walk home. Okay. We're on this journey. But the hope didn't kick in for me. It, it took a it took a while. And I had I I mourned, I cried. And I'm just gonna tell you a little bit before we end, of what worked for me. And it may not work for you. 
Number one, I, I talked it out. I, I, I sought counseling. I named a Vietnam veteran, pastor, a good friend of mine, knew Liam since he was knee-high friend, who will be a guest of our show. Um, the president and senior pastor of Alpha Ministries, John Glenn. I named him as my grief counselor, and I sat many hours in his office sorting things through. Now, in the case of suicide for me, there was would have, I should have, I could have. It was my fault, the guilt, the blame, and I had to visit that. I had to go down the road of woulda, coulda, shouldas over and over again. And I do have regrets. And I did make mistakes. And my selfishness and self-centeredness got in the way. So there were things. And that's where mercy and grace and forgiveness and peace and the fact that we can never wreck God's plan for us comes in. So number one, I talked it out. I talked to my grief counselor. I talked to anybody who would listen. I would have talked to the mailman if he came to the door. So I talked. I talked about it. and I talked about it in the groups that I went to and to anybody that would listen. And I want to say, too, that the people that helped me the most were the people that just listened. That helped me the most. You talked it out. The other thing is that I cried. I cried and cried and cried and cried and didn't stop crying until I stopped crying. I cried. I screamed. Um, I screamed in the shower. That's something that I have in my memoir is a little section scream in the shower that this came about there's a dear dear friend of mine who lost her son to AIDS when I first moved to Florida in 1993 she had just lost her son and I was his age and we became instant friends at the work site and we would talk and through the years, she would say, oh, Paul would have been your age. And so we would talk a lot. Her name was Betty Kimberg, is Betty Kimberg. She's still with us, thank God. And I would call her and text her and scream and cry. And she said to me, she said, scream in the shower. I said, what? She said, scream in the shower. Scream it out. Cry it out. Scream it out. I used to scream to God, why did you let me? you know, adopt this. She adopted her son as well. Why did you let me adopt this boy knowing that he would die? And so I would scream in the shower, just scream my agony and scream out to God. I sought support. I read lots of books and I'm going to recommend books here. I'm going to put some of them in the show notes of today's podcast. So, as time goes on, we'll share more of the story and more of the journey. But I do want to leave you with this, that there is this hope. Jesus Christ makes perfect sense to me. And he came to bear witness to the eternal life. In 1 Timothy, it says that this grace appeared meaning the gospel, Jesus Christ, this grace appeared so that life in immortality might be brought to light. And what he's telling us there is one of the missions of Jesus was 
to tell us what's beyond death, to tell us, to show us. Because, to be honest, if God created this world and there's death in this world, and death is the end result of the curse, if he was to leave us in the dark and about what to expect or what does death mean, if he was to leave us in the dark about all this, guessing, that would be cruel. That would be cruel of him to do, and I wouldn't want to be around a God like that, nor would I care to be, to be quite honest. But he didn't leave us in the dark. I mean, if, if God did not show us the worst thing that we face in this life is death of someone that we love with all our heart and that separation. And he left us in the dark. That would be cruel, but he didn't. He tells us exactly what to expect. Tells us exactly what to expect. So we mourn with hope. We mourn with that hope that we know that Jesus holds the keys of hell and death. He holds the key of death. And he has told us that there is this eternal life. And that there's a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to have new bodies. And we're going to live in a new age and in a new and wonderful ways. That is our destiny. That is the big picture. That's where we're all headed. And that is good, good, glorious news. And that keeps me going. And that gives me hope. And that gives me hope to persevere, to go through the bad days, to cry when I have to cry, to weep when I have to weep, and yet rejoice in God our Savior, the fellowship of the saints, and the promises of eternal life. So I want to thank you for joining. My email is in the show notes. You can email, you can get in touch. If you have a story that you want to share, possibly be on the show, write me, talk to me. Let me know what's going on. Until then, know that his grace is sufficient, his power is made perfect in weakness, and nothing in all creation will ever, ever, not even death, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I am looking forward to talking to you more about the journey, more about the promises, more about the encouragement that God gives us in the depths of sorrow, pain, and heartache. Until next time, be at peace. Rest in the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. <laughs>